What up, guys? Welcome back to Lisp Nation. I'm here with Jakai, as always. Yo, yo. I'm here with Aiden Rooney. How's it going, bro? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, I asked Aiden to come on because ugh, I've known him a long time. How long have we known each other, would you say? About eight years, since I was 10. Yeah, so eight years. So you knew me when I was like an arrogant 24-year-old, and now you know me as an arrogant 32-year-old. Yeah, exactly. Like an arrogant, silly fucking kid, basically. And I knew you when you were just a kid. Yeah. Um, his story is quite compelling, which is, you know, why we have him on today. Because, I mean, he may not know how compelling his story is because he's lived it and he's just in it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when you're in it, you don't realize the adversity that you've had to overcome. And then when you tell somebody, they're like, whoa, how are you still here? Or how are you standing? How are you so normal? So I just thought Aiden had a lot to offer the world, basically. Like I think he had a lot to offer to anybody who was similar to Aiden when he was, you know, young and how he's evolved over time and I just thought yeah his story was really cool so it's going to be pretty deep and we're not going to talk too much about MMA specifically <laughs> even though that's what you do I think what we're going to talk about is how MMA has helped you and how it's affected you yeah that sounds good okay awesome so first question I guess would be because having known you as just a kid who was if you don't mind me saying quite frail quite geeky is that fair? Yeah, I was anorexic, so frail. Is exactly <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah, you look like you were struggling, man. Yeah, I was. But, <laughs> but what propels somebody, like what possesses somebody like you to step foot in the gym for the first place? Uh, like was, into a gym in an MMA environment, basically. I just thought it would be fun. I was watching like, um, I was actually watching Brock Lesnar's WWE. Okay. And they kept saying, oh, he's using an MMA style. He's going to go back to the UFC. So I watched some UFC clips and I was like, yeah, I want to try this out. So I did my first jiu-jitsu session uh, at a different gym than I than the one I go to now. And I did really well in that class, uh, mainly using Brock Lesnar's techniques, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. was holding onto a Kimura for like four minutes of a five-minute sparring round. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just really, really enjoyed it. Did I found everything came really naturally to me. Were you, were you paired, I mean, even at that, because like we said, I mean, your stature and your size back then, were you paired with people of a similar weight? So that first time, probably within two or three kilos so oh that's not too bad then yeah because i feel like when somebody you know sticks at something they were really successful the first time they did it you know like the first time you were in the gym you found some success and it kind of hey man i could do this because when you played magic for the first time with us back at the shop like years and years ago you were so good right out the gate and you kept coming back and that was kind of the thing the obsessive you really got obsessive with it yeah it's a very similar situation actually because in magic i started off and was playing really well with like a terrible deck <laughs> and that's kind of how i see uh my success in mma because i started off anorexic so that's like the terrible yeah terrible body. Mm. You, ha yeah, you you had none of the the natural gifts or like the the money that you would have in magic the gathering yeah. basically yeah. i had no athleticism to work with but since like the skills were there and we do these warm-ups when we do jiu-jitsu mm -hmm. which are very sport specific uh most of the time people need a lot of help doing them and since i didn't need any at all i thought it would probably go well for me yeah because it just i just watched people do it and it clicked because because mm. from my from from my life and watching other people and watching tons of parents interact with their children it always feels like their parents are the ones that decide which sports they play or what they do so it's really interesting that you kind of at 12 or 11 were like hey i'm gonna just do mma that's what i want to do because i've met your dad he's a great guy really sweet awesome shout out to Noel, by the way <laughs> if he's ever, i'm sure he'll listen to it yeah, but yeah. shout out to you bro um i used to listen to Noel really like religiously he's a really smart dude very well read how many books has this dude read a lot like libraries there's, there's thousands in our house dude like. he reads libraries of books like it would be ignorant of me to not have taken on board any of it and what i found with him specifically was 
it was really interesting because with you as his son I just found that children never listen to their parents and he was always kind of trying to advise you and guide you I found when you were younger anyway but you'd always eh, eh, you know so I would talk to him and then I'd have to try and like trick you into thinking it was my idea sometimes yeah for sure you know so that you would fucking <laughs> listen to him and he just knows more than all of us combined he's twice my age and you know are you breathing into the fucking mic? It's not me this You time. fucking mouth breather. It's not me. This guy is such I, a I mouth swear breather, bro. I'm so I sorry. I breathe really loud. Yeah. It's my fault. Really? Yeah. Yeah. One of you is mouth breathing, bro. It's not bro. me, bro. Dude, no, I feel like mouth breathing would be a disadvantage but at MMA. It is. I breathe really loud with my nose, though. It's God, man. That's, that's my nose. Holy, what is that, Maybe bro? Maybe it's Aiden. Maybe it's been Aiden all these episodes. You know <laughs> I, I heard him from like miles away. Yeah, honestly, bro. nose breathing. <laughs> my nose is just destroyed. So you get to the gym and you're, for the first time, you're there. I thought it was your dad that sent you. In my, that's what my my uh, thought process was like. Your dad was like, "Hey, you'd be good at this because you're good at chess and you're good at games and jujitsu is kind of like that same thing on the floor, right?" It, it was similar, but he he didn't have any interaction with jujitsu, which I started at first. And when I first showed him MMA, he's his first response was, "You want to do this?" Yeah, and yeah, very yeah. Because <laughs> he's was, yeah, he's not that guy. Yeah, it yeah. was a Mickey Brown versus Randy Gall fight, so there was. No, I've. I've Mickey Gore versus Randy Brown fight mm -hmm. and uh, someone was getting cut up really badly with elbows and he just looked at me and went you want you want to do this yeah. you really want to <laughs> how supportive was he though beyond like beyond the first did he go with you uh, he didn't go with me at the start but mm -hmm. when I when I tried out striking he went with me okay uh, striking is a lot kind of scarier so it makes sense sure and he'd boxed before in it as well okay so mm -hmm. he, he can offer you some kind of insight as well into like combat combat sports he boxed himself yeah like he had a lot of boxing matches See, as a child that makes no sense to me because he does wow. not strike me as a boxer at all like yeah. when you dude if you met this guy he's like this is gonna sound horrible no forgive me <laughs> <laughs> he's just like a very old kind of like wise gandalf type figure who knows everything about everything okay. and has an opinion do you know what I mean? one of those yeah, guys yeah. he just if you make a comment about an orange he'll tell you the he'll tell you origin like, the fucking origin story of that orange. From you know, the like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. He's a very yeah. smart guy. Cool. So it never surprised me. By the way, what I thought was going to be your biggest downfall when you were like 11 or 12 is that, and I'm sure you noticed this, how did people interact with you when you were a kid, when you were like in, in the magic shop specifically? Do you remember? Not not much. I, I mainly remember just playing magic rather than the social interactions okay. from those times. I'll tell you what the social interactions were because I remember them very well. God, that kid's so good. God, he's so smart. God, how is he? He's only 12. There was a lot of like that kind of like the murmurings of like, child prodigy, he's so smart. Oh my God. He's... And I was like, stop. Everybody just fucking stop. You're going to just cripple this kid's <laughs> love for the game. Do you remember me saying this to you? Yeah, and you were entirely right. Because then of when I went to GP Birmingham, I dropped at 2-2 in modern. Because yes. I expected to do really well. Yes. And I was like, let him just enjoy. He's 12 years old. The more like pressure and expectation you put on his like ability... Which, by you were really, really good for your age. But magic doesn't... There is no kilograms of difference in magic, bro. If you're 12 and you enter in the GP, you're playing against 30-year-olds and 25-year-olds. Mm. So there isn't a level of that. You're a 12-year-old kid, and you can only be as good as any 12-year-old kid can be, really. Granted, you were very smart. But my biggest fear for you was that you'd get burnt out because you would go to an event and you'd play against some 35-year-old dude that has really... You know, this was his thing. Playing magic mm. was his thing. And you would just get crushed and demoralized. And that's probably what, that sounds like it fucking happened. That's exactly what happened, I think. I dude, it feels, I feel like vindicated almost. Vindicated? Dude, I knew that would happen. And it's really, I, I said to your dad, because your dad was one of the people doing it. But out of like sheer, uh, what's the word? He was proud of you. Yeah, for sure. That's my son, you know, like kind of thing. And it was just, oh. 
he told me you said this after the GP as well. He yeah, like, Sammy was right. He said, yeah. <laughs> he said not to big you up about it. And then yeah, because it was just. I mean, I've had the same kind of pressures in my own life, so I, I knew brutal. Um, do you think you met? You met recently. You met. Uh, it's a bit of a tangent, but you met Faris Harbi. Yes, I did. I, That's fucking awesome, bro. I'm so jealous. That's one of my like idols, like the people that I idolize. He did a two-hour seminar at my gym. It was really amazing. He's yeah, a great teacher. Yeah. Did you do? You, did you notice a difference in terms of like the difference between good and great coaches? And that sounds. Wait, hold up. Before you answer that, I feel like I'm. Yeah. You could be shitting on your coaches Honestly. right now. <laughs> <laughs> but but there are levels to everything. Do you know what I mean? There are certainly levels to everything. I noticed uh, at one point my coach actually said that he should have joined in the seminar. So there's definitely like a slight difference there. But for us, Arby just has far more experience. He has fighters in the UFC, fighters in Bellator, fighters in PFL. Mm -hmm. He also coached of one, of the, one of the goats, bro. He coached one of the goats from the start. Yeah, yeah. Of course, for us, is going to be the top level of MMA coach. And when you hear GSP, my name is GSP, Faraz is the genius. When you hear him say the shit, bro, you know that he's fucking, that Faraz is the truth, bro. Yeah, GSP you know? is not going to lie about that. Right, he has no horse in the race. He's retired. If he came out and said, yeah, it was all me, coaching really didn't. But he really attributes tons of his success to the coaching. In fact, if he attributed less success, less success, if he attributed less success to Faraz, then he would be able to claim goat a lot. Yeah, exactly. But he say nope. It was a duo effort. Like it was me and him together. Yeah. Um, in terms of you specifically, let's kind of not go. I just was really interested in talking about. I don't want to forget that I was going to mention Faraz Sahar because I just wanted to talk about him and just let you know that I'm a huge fucking fan. So if you can get me tickets to anything, bro, look yeah, it up. Sure. <laughs> um, the thing with you, bro, is you. Your your dad brought you to the game shop, or to play card games and stuff because you needed. He felt I think he felt like you'd fit in, and he kind of like, was it typecast you? Yeah, I think <laughs> it's possible. Do you know what I mean? Like he just thought, hey, my kid is what he is. The sum of his parts. He's smart. Let me get him doing something intellectually challenging, and he just put you into this. I don't know this place, and he said, hey, go be. And do you think that was like a, to your detriment, or do you think it was has helped you in any way? No, I think it's definitely helped me, uh, especially with competition and being able to compete and having a longer attention span, especially. Because mm -hmm. FNMs for like a 10-year-old, concentrating <laughs> for four hours. <laughs> yes, yes. Well. yes, it's, yes. It's quite a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, FNM is um, a tournament that takes place once a week. Uh, it's four rounds, but it's essentially four hours of constantly playing games of magic. Mm. And if you're 30, you sometimes leave FNM like, oh, God, that was grueling. <laughs> and if you're 10... You, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like brutal, well, you tell yeah. me. You fucking tell me. I mean, you. It was pretty brutal. I would, yeah. I would fall asleep when I got home almost immediately. Yeah. It was so tiring. I wouldn't want to eat afterwards. Which yeah. Was, yeah. I mean, obviously, I was going anorexic at the time, so it's yeah. not a huge achievement, but it was still. Yeah. Still <laughs> difficult. Um, because but but your dad brought you to the to that place specifically because you were having a tough go at school and stuff. So I'm not going to talk anymore outside of just you maybe trying to tell me yourself what was so difficult about those years, like between I guess like eight and whenever i don't really know because i don't know the specific details i just know that you had a tough go of it so i was i didn't never really focused on social interaction in school uh and that really cost me towards the end of it i would always focus on academic achievement and then i was slowly starting to lose friends around that time uh, also this was because at some point um this kid kept like spreading rumors about me okay and i tried to like i tried to fight back a bit he snap called my bluff and shouted to the playground like uh, he just doubled down he just mm. called to the entire school it was so bad my teacher called me and uh, tried to ask if the rumor was true 
Oh god! And he just oh, fucked me over socially. Man. He just fucking doubled yeah. down. Yeah, he just destroyed me. Shout out to that guy though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he's like the me. he's like the your origin oh, story yeah, guy. He's origin. like the guy that put pizza in your like stuck cake in your face in school <laughs> yeah, or something, exactly. and then you peed yourself, and then like later on you just end up being like, yeah, bro, what's up? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's the catalyst of all of it. What's his name? Do you remember his name? Yeah, his name's Ozair. Ozair, shout out, bro. <laughs> You're the fucking beginning of the fuck. <laughs> So we always do that. If there's yeah, like a, sure. I'm not gonna have you sit here and be like, oh yeah, you bullied me. bro. I actually haven't seen him since. So it's yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just sure if you did, you just fucking Kamora the fuck out of him, bro. That would be really funny. I think he would like, cause he, he was afterwards when he realized how like how big what he did was, he came he up to me and he was like, yo, you can punch me if you want. That was fucked up. Okay, fair. Mm. Yeah. I mean, as somebody myself who kind of, I was never really bullied in school or anything like that, but I'm sure I bullied a few people or I was kind of like not. You know, myself like I was probably the just the jokey kind of jovial person who maybe put people down and he's feeling a lot I mean you definitely feel bad right now probably remembering it but the bullies do or the people that do that feel really bad as well later down the line when they have children when they when anything you know what I mean they just they feel it. Oh my god, I did. I yeah, did that. Somebody. Yeah. Guilt doesn't just fucking dissipate into thin air, bro. I can definitely feel that, but I don't. I don't feel so bad about that anymore because it's just. It's just something that happened, and it told me like not to call people with bluffs like that. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get nuked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but so yeah, so you you had a tough go at school because of that specifically, just that one instance of. That one really made my like social situation go downhill a bit. How were you with friends before that? Uh, so I had this group of. There was this group of four of us as really tight friends from oh, about year one until year six. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at some point, the teachers who like understood we were friends, because in primary school, there's six years, but mm. I only had three teachers. So each teacher taught me for two years. Two, two, two. Okay. Busted. Yeah. Because you never want to fucking change teachers, bro. No, never. You, did, how did they change? Because when we changed teachers, they'd sit you in the fucking assembly room and it'd be like, class 2A is now going to be taught by dun, 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 and then you're like no when you yeah, got like the fucking mean yeah. teacher yeah. well we got the mean teacher for two <sighs> years but apparently like everyone said he was really scary because he used to shout at his students mm-hmm. he was the nicest teacher ever yeah yeah but he was also the one that called me when the bully was spreading rumours yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah, so you had a tough go of it bullied in school fine it happens yep and you, you went from magic and then I didn't see you for a little while because you stopped playing magic because of this burnout yeah. Right. Then what happens? So what happens in the period of time where I don't see you? So I probably stopped playing Magic around twelve, probably after GP Birmingham. Actually. Sure. Um, you still own all the cards that you played at GP Birmingham. Yeah, I still own <laughs> all the cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the deck is probably still together because yeah, I yeah. changed it. I much. played you like a few months ago. You came in and I was like, bro, isn't this deck like the same fucking cards you played ten years ago? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hadn't put all of the new cards in there. Yeah, yeah. Even the ones I had, I didn't even realize, like Counterspell. Yeah. Um, so I probably stopped playing Magic around twelve for the same reason as I stopped going to school around that time. Uh, I would just get really depressed. Even just going, I would like go up to events and like going to the bus stop. Mm-hmm. I would just get really sad and turn around. Just anxiety, like, feelings of anxiety, or both anxiety. I was getting very anxious and just depressed. I was just too low for it. Can you describe that? Because I'm somebody who's never suffered from it. So whenever anybody talks about feelings of depression, I just find myself like, I feel really fortunate. First of all, that I haven't felt it. Yeah. But it's almost like I can't even empathize because it's so profoundly different to anything i've ever experienced it's just very kind of overwhelmingly sad but it's just a low low sadness where you don't feel energetic lethargic yeah you feel kind of lethargic okay you feel you just feel sad you don't you don't feel happy and lack of purpose yeah you definitely just feel a lack of purpose and it's it's almost apathetic okay but it's it's ambivalent so you're 
you're apathetic about it. You, it's like you don't want to care. Sure. But you still do. And you can never, you never get out of one. Man, it's like you're like, yeah, toes dipped in kind of, you know, but you, I, I, that, you've explained it very well. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same, like. It's like the conflict of interest. Yeah. Of like wanting to care, but knowing that you don't and it, knowing that people expect you to care. Is, is wanting not to care, but also knowing you have to at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I find that like, did, were you diagnosed with anything like depression or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, so all of the stuff I say I've been diagnosed with because it really annoys me when people are, when people A call me and go have have you been diagnosed with this oh, okay. not Sorry. right now obviously because yeah, this is the first time we've talked about it yeah I've never yeah exactly. but um, and also it really annoys me when people go around like saying I saw this on Google so I have it right. but yeah I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety around that time so year 8 uh, probably May do you think that was good for you to be diagnosed with that at su- such a young age and that's a really weird question. It's a bit below. Listen to this, right? Listen to this. It's a very interesting question. Yes, because I think that telling 11 and 12 year olds that there's something critically wrong with them is about the worst thing you could fucking do to a 12 year old. So you know what I mean? They like step in the fucking room and the doctor's like, hey, uh, sweetheart, so your son's suffering from depression. And the kid looks up and he's like, what's depression, mom? And she's like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. who, who fucking writes these? Who teaches these doctors to do that? Sorry, go on, yeah. So Noel definitely agrees w- with you on this one Because well. Noel's mm. a genius. Yeah. Mm. Shout out to Noel! <laughs> Shout out to Noel. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, it definitely didn't help. I The diagnosis themselves didn't really matter to me because I could kind of guess, like, it's just a name for what's going on. So mm-hmm. that wasn't that wasn't so bad. But when they start reading out the symptoms, yeah, and then oh, yeah, you start, like, start. Yeah. there's the ones, like, you, w- you were doing already and you go, yeah, I do that, I do that. And then it's like, what oh, you haven't done the worst oh, ones and self-harm oh and trying oh. to kill yourself oh god <laughs> and you start doing it and you like start checking them off the list and you're like well maybe i should try that because they fucking told me this yeah, yeah they're like this disgusting is what, this is what you do right oh um, brutal that's a really yeah. cool way of putting it yeah my thing with labeling children and you were a child with stuff like that it's just that it almost part of life is adversity and children shouldn't really have to face much adversity at such a mm. young age anyway because they should be protected right but then when you tell an 11-year-old that there's this uphill battle that they're going to have to try and fucking climb because there's something really wrong, you label them with it. And then you, they didn't give you meds, did they? No, they didn't. Because Great, man. I, ref- I yeah. refused them at every time. They would have given you meds, though. They tried when oh I was about 13, 14. Dude. They, so I kind of, they sat me down for the interview. Mm. And at that point, I was smart enough to kind of go, oh, they're trying to sell me something here. Yeah. Like, this isn't about yeah, me. This is about the, like yeah. the money they make. Yeah. And Noel was also sitting there and going, nah, no way. Yo, <laughs> no man, way. you're lucky. Most parents just say, honestly, hey, doctor, I trust that you have my child's best interest at heart here. That Give me what he needs. Because you know what I mean? Dude, I know loads of people. And, this is, and I'm not qualified. I'm not a doctor. But being here at this game shop, you know, for a long time and seeing people that, I guess, have social difficulties in terms of integrating with wider society... Um, you see loads of people that have such a tough time of it and then they're just diagnosed with something, labelled with something, given meds, and the next time you see them, a few months later, they're like, fine. But the the light or like the shine in the fucking corner of their eye is completely gone. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I definitely got that You myself. just see them and it's just like... Empty. Hey, what's up? And they're like, hi. And they're fine. And that you can tell that they're not having a really, really bad time of it anymore. But they're also never going to have a good time, yeah, a really good facts. time. 
Yeah, Does that make sense? Yeah, in I a agree. weird way. I do get that. Yeah. That. So we studied this in sociology at A level as well that labeling is one of the worst things teachers can do to kids. Really? When they go like, mm. you're badly behaved, you're loud, you're noisy. Mm. And then there's another kid where they're like, they're an overachiever, they're really good. Yeah. It fucks them up, it gives them a self fulfilling prophecy. Yes, yes, that does make sense. And um, that's you in the fucking magic world, bro. When we were playing back in the day, I was yeah, like, exactly. stop telling this kid he's really good. Because if he loses, his entire self worth is attached to being good at magic. Yeah. Although that's that's the better kind. Like if everyone's going, you're really bad, then it would be different. But also, part they're of both that, they're both really bad though. I, th- I think horrible, but yeah. high expectations help more because that means if if they if the kid can come to terms with it, it mm. will become motivation a lot faster. What happens to those kids though that like are told, "Hey man, you're really good. You're really smart. Do this," pr- you know, and then they find themselves at fifteen or sixteen doing something they don't really like anymore, and they just fucking kill themselves, bro. Yeah, it's. Do you know what I mean? Those people that mm. just feel all the pressure of like. My parents think that I need to do this. The school says that I'm supposed to do this. They have children filling out UCAS at uh, 16, 17 mm-hmm. for degrees that they don't even... You know what I mean? Yeah, they're not Yeah, dude. Like, you, they want you to like lock yourself into 50K of debt, picking a degree at 16 or 17 that you've never studied at, you know, with any real... You, do you know what I mean? I'm sure they it's lie to them bullshit. as well. There's like, I have a friend who's 16 and uh, only online though. I haven't met him in real life. Mm. And apparently the university went to him like earlier this year. So he's in year 11 doing mm-hmm. GCSEs. And the university went to him and they were like, hey, you do business at the degree level. Just come to us once you're done. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Just, just like, to get him to go. Yeah. And he's obviously going to brag about this for dude, the next th- two years. Dude, they're all ju- everybody's just telling you something. Like the, the university is, you are just 30 grand. Plus yeah. all the fees for the books and plus all the other shit. You're yeah. just a commodity. To That's it. You're just the product. Exactly. You are the product. <sighs> Where do we go from here? Sorry, we kind of, it's what my problem was I have the phone out because I don't want to, you know, go off too much mm. off the rails. Um, so, I don't see you for a few years. You end up walking into a gym of your own volition. Nothing to do with Noel. He's supportive nonetheless because he's your dad and he's awesome. And how did your first fight go? So, my first fight was actually, well... How, when was your first fight? My first MMA fight mm. where I stepped into a cage and fought someone yeah. was February 19th of this year. Okay, so you fought three times. Okay. Only In, twice now. Only twice. Oh, I thought you were 3-0. You're 2 Oh, um, even more broke. Yeah, fine. But I did also have a jiu-jitsu competition back probably the year after GP Birmingham. Okay. Which was like, which had the exact same effect on me. So oh. I actually quit doing jiu-jitsu then. Oh, oh my okay. God. So now I'm, now I'm really good at losing. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. back then, whenever it happened, I just got depressed and quit yes. what I was doing. Of course. Because um, you're obsessive with it. You like you put win. your whole soul into it. And, yeah. and then something tells you like, oh, you know, you tried as hard as you could and you weren't good enough. But... You just didn't realize. It's, al- it's also to do with how um, social circles and children work. Like children don't have the, uh, and your friends at that age won't have the capacity to understand like an adult that like losing is good for you. A losing kid, is learning. Kids mm. aren't going to really say that. They'll repeat what an adult said, but they can't explain. Or understand. Yeah, they can't explain yeah. or understand. You're so right. Theory. You're so right. That's so profound. Yeah, like it took me, dude, until I was 27, I was basically 16. The whole time. Bro, you're still so, 16. <laughs> but you know what I mean, though? I was 16. just like 16 every year for like until I was 27. Then I turned 28 and then I was like, oh, I think cool. It, I think it's yeah. very appealing for people to do that as well. Because we're yeah. stuck in this fantasy that like your teenage years are your best years. But they are, though. I'm sorry. They are. They just are. Not even your teenage years, bro. But like, well, re- in reality, it's like, dude, when you're 10 or 12. Whoa, like, those are the yeah. best. <laughs> fucking, like, I, if I could go, old. if I could go back to being 10. And just live as being 10 forever. And just going home to play games. Sign me up, bro. Just sign me up. I'm 10 years old. Lego. You don't know shit. Like, the world is great. Yeah, the the problem, I think, that as we touched on it before, with, like, labeling people with depression and stuff, is that 
you can't cognitively appreciate appreciate what's happening to you at such a young age 10 11 12 and then you move through life and you just find out that like because people that get labeled that young by the way like 10 11 with depression end up feeling like they're depressed their whole lives mm. with the whole with no like instead of telling them like hey you're depressed maybe they should like remove the kid from the situation temporarily they probably do this now actually and then talk to the parents one-to-one -one and say hey so obviously the kid's struggling maybe you should consider x y or z as a means to help them instead of just being like boom depression because doctors now are just looking at their phones and their ipads to like do you have these symptoms x y z you have you're struggling from this 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 boom you have then the dun, 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 and it goes bing mm. on the phone and it just says and they turn it around and it goes depression bro they're probably just checking google oh so? yeah they have like these uh, the ipads iPad. that are like tailored tailored no. search engines i assume they have ipads now but when i did it they have like these arcade sheets where you just tick symptoms off yeah and yeah. like they take how high you score if it's high enough then they'll consider diagnosing you with a certain disorder well that's obviously disgusting i mean like Something not wrong but then they don't have the facilities the nhs to treat to treat like a people especially the nhs's therapy service cams is like the waiting list is a year God. you're just never going to get in there so they have to take they have to do it as fast as possible and get through get get you to a therapist because otherwise nothing will ever happen mm. all right so you had your first fight yeah my first fight was February this year 19th yeah okay how'd it go it was very good i just went in there didn't get hit once choked him out it's your it's your okay. game plan to just not strike no my game plan in my last fight was to strike but that one the opponent was the opponent's like a multiple time kickboxing champion oh shit yeah i'm also taking this fight on three days notice okay uh because mm. i found out on wednesday just cut wait thursday wait in wait in friday fought on saturday so mm -hmm. i had basically no notice for the fight and that made me decide although i had guys in the gym who had sparred him before who had stopped him before like i was thinking it's just easier if i take him down and choke him out did, so wha where did you get the confidence to do something like that to fight on such short notice against somebody who's a kickboxing champion and your thing is jujitsu? What where do you get the comp? Like, dude, I wouldn't want to fight somebody who's like <laughs> in their own arena. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, what, yeah. But you haven't prepped for it. It was also like two, three weight classes above where I had like had my last fight camp. Yeah, what That's the fuck? So cool though. You so yeah, and you. Won. That's so cool. I was just like, yeah, I want to take it. I yeah, yeah. So you would say that even in terms of because records are so important to fighters you know like having the o the two and o the three and over ten and over twenty and o, that seems to be so important i think more in boxing that is it than it is in mma though in boxing it's a bigger deal because in boxing they just hold everything against you this the like political part of boxing is ridiculous oh, it's so stupid the, yeah. like the mm. what's it called um i don't even know the word it begins with c i'm just losing my mind today i'm so tired it doesn't matter. Um, the corruption, sorry, yeah, the, the corruption. corruption in boxing is just so ridiculous it's that they like keep pushing these fighters to be like five and oh, 10 and oh, and then they're like, oh, you're 20 oh, you're 20 oh, you two fight now. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like there can only be one. It's just so ridiculous. It's, uh, but you don't hold on to that same, like, uh, for your for your record. You just have it natural. Like, if you just only win, then you just feel scared of losing because. Right. But luckily, like, I had the jiu jitsu competition where I lost. I had another one this year where I got two silver medals. But same guy beat me in both like both competitions. He's just better than you. Yeah, he's a European chap. Well, it was also my first competition in ages. I think I would beat him now. But Do you think so? well, I, at the time he was just better than at you? At the then. time he was just yeah. better. You have to you have to accept yeah. that, right? This is not one of those things, bro, where it's like you get to top deck a fucking card and win by by chance. <laughs> not entirely. There are is there luck in jiu-jitsu? There's not luck, but it's the same as chess, where you can just know a line better than your opponent. If then you, they're better. Then then you're better. Then you're better. Then you're better. Yeah. But they might they might know other lines better than you. 
then you're better than them at the line you chose and they couldn't stop exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah, so then, yeah. If, well, so well, if you initiate a line that you're better at because yep. you're more confident about it and it works, then you're better, you win. You are better. Sorry, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to even pr- like put that down to being chance. That is just, you've chosen a specific mm-hmm. line of play and you're just better. Like, yes. you know, they couldn't stop you, they need to get better. You know what I mean? There is no luck involved, in my opinion, in combat sports outside of maybe, I don't know, weird ref decisions. What else is there even in combat sports? There's definitely weird le- weird ref decisions, but yeah, it's mainly just the lines people choose. Um, I guess you could call someone stepping in on short notice luck because then you're training the whole time for a different style and you might have a game plan for a different style I feel like that's like um, risk reward and that like the, the person who's taking the fight on short notice it ha- has some element of like understanding of risk reward there yeah, yeah perhaps I think it has like very low luck it's not quite chess but it's, it's close yeah man it has to be like there is there is a huge element in, of luck in chess that nobody actually talks about and it's where you've both played like perfect and then you get to an end game that you couldn't possibly have perceived would end up being the end game and you're forced to make a move that ha- that can only lose, like zigzag. That's what it's called. What's mm. it called? Zigzag. Zigzag. That's what it's called. Yeah. yeah that's that when you can only make a bad move. Yeah, that's the luck. That's what I would say the only time I've, I've it's been displayed to me that there is luck in chess. But I would have thought that because you can plan to put your opponent into that position. I think the the move that puts you into zigzag is is the blunder. move of genius. Okay. Is a, oh yeah. the move that you've played yourself to put yeah, you into zigzag. It's skill. Like yeah, they can force you into a zigzag. So what I'm going to say here is that perhaps there is just not enough depth in preparation that you could do that could prevent it. Have you played Connect 4 before? Connect yeah, four. of course. Yeah, you get, I get zigzagged all the fucking time in Connect 4, bro, where you just play this long drawn out game and it ends up just feeling like... I think that's ma- the main way you lose in Connect 4. Is it's zigzagged. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the wing condition is zigzagged. Yeah. yeah, in chess it feels like it's much harder to, to, to do it. Yeah, you know, sure. so it just perhaps it to me who doesn't know any better, it feels like it's happening by chance. Yeah, but I, just I, th- don't know any better. I think putting someone into zigzag, putting yourself into zigzag, these are skillful, these are decisions based on skill. If we could even compute it though, you can. There yeah, are, there yeah. are chess puzzles for zigzagging people, right? But how many moves ahead would you like? F- let, let's say you saw zigzag five five moves out, sure, then yeah, sure, you, you, you did it, but let's say it's like unpreventable 50 moves down the line, somebody gets fucking zigzagged. <laughs> I mean, is that still? <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, know. It's, it's still someone's choice. Yeah, but at some happen. at some point in time, I, here's my thing: if we can't if we can't comprehend like how something occurs, it's you have to attribute it to luck almost always. Yeah, but you can see it coming and make and like eventually you will see it coming and they'll see it coming as well. Yeah, and try to control and force it. So why does Magnus Carlsen get fucking zigzagged? Why do people that are so good get zigzagged? <laughs> Magnus Carlsen just blunders whole whole pieces. This last competition, yeah. he just blundered a rook. He just yeah, moved yeah. it into a square. Okay, but he's the goat, though. He's the, you know he what I mean? Yeah. These great players. So, yeah, I guess there is. No, yeah, technically, yeah. if two supercomputers played against each other, it would just be completely down to... They have competitions for that as well, yeah. Yeah, they build computers to play each other, right? Yeah. Um, so, you met, you met Vice Harby. Um, you, you have... Have you met anybody in your world right now that is, f- like, you can... You look at them and you just say, hey, they're going to make it. Is it... Then you can be honest. And here's the thing. I don't... Maybe that's a load of a bad question because... I have a few teammates that I would say that about. Yeah, because I don't want you to... Imagine you were just like, nope. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sending it to my teammates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so anybody else you think is going to make it? You're like, nah, nope, all oh, shit. No <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know a few people that you think are going to make it? Yes. All right, awesome. That's great. Have, you want to give him a shout out? One of my teammates is really close to UFC called okay. Thomas Paul. Okay. He's really, really close. What separates him from... So why is he close? What do you mean by that? Um, You look at him and then you look at somebody else in the gym and you're like, that guy could make it and that guy probably won't. What? 
Because how are you able to identify that he's really like you know what I mean? That you look at him, you're like, man, he could do it. He could go all the way. The sport is so diverse that there's a, there's a million things. There's, you just see guys are tougher the hunger, mentally. the hunger, yeah, they're, the they're drive, more hungry, mm. they're more driven, yeah, they're tougher mentally. Like they'll come back from bigger things, even inspiring. They'll train more. They'll like you can see them. They get leaner when it's time to fight. Mm. It's just all of these things. But there's like. Uh, my coach has two children who both train and okay. both of them could easily make it but for completely different reasons like his daughter is incredibly skillful mm -hmm. and could like go basically as far as she likes mm -hmm. and his son is the same but more on strength and like mental strength that he's very aggressive he never he never gets scared he's always composed he always walks you down and breaks you down mm -hmm. and there's just a million different things that can make you good at the sport fine fine so you could look at two totally different people with different mm. skill sets and say they could both make it yeah for sure right but then why do we look at like the goats and say they're the goat because like john jones for example i think is just the goat regardless of the fucking picogram shit or any of that like, we look at him we just say he's the goat I think in MMA we do it based off results, which is probably wrong in hindsight. Mm. Of course, but we yeah. do it entirely yeah, based off sense. who did they beat, how did they beat them. Mm. The problem with analyzing the sport is that we only get like a tiny amount of time to fight each year. Like if you look at the top, the guys who fought the most in the UFC, the maximum is like six, seven hours, which sure. is not a lot of time to analyze. It's against different opponents. Mm. It's, it's over such a long period of time too, because the fights are what, a couple of fights a year sometimes. Yeah, it's like oh, maybe over fifteen years you get seven hours. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. You, you can't really analyze who's better with these top guys like look at Habib, Israel Adesanya, mm. John Jones, Henry Cejudo. Ha you can't really tell who's better. I feel like a I get the biggest insight into sporting greatness when I'm listening to the coaches or their their peers talk about them. Like what you like, bro. In training, man, you would know that this guy's how good he is. Like Cain Velasquez, for example. Yes. People used to talk about Cain in like a weird messiah way, where he's Cain is so good. <laughs> Their voices, Kane is so good. You know, you know yeah, like sure. in case somebody fucking heard you, he they they would talk about him in that vein, which meant regardless of it, because Kane's record in the end didn't end up being that good because big injuries took a couple of tough losses at the end. Where, where is Kane? Now? He's in prison. Or is it something? Yeah, he's, he's in trouble. He's in prison. So his he's in kid, trouble. Something so happened with him. His kid used to go to a daycare center, and he mm. found out the guy running it molested them a bunch well, of. I don't know if it was his wow. kid. I don't know if it was his kid. It I think it was. His kid. It was, was his daughter. daughter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But then the guy the kind of mix-up was that the guy was speeding away with a relative and he comes up next to him he drives by and he shoots the relative instead of the guy oh shit mm. so he didn't kill them but he's still going to jail attempted, for attempted murder attempted murder yeah. right yeah That's fuck man crazy poor Cain Velasquez for fuck's sake yeah, yeah anyway but you up. get you get the before all that shit yeah you get the the sentiment though that when again judging people based on their time in the ring which is just like you said 25 minutes at a time you know if, you, if they fought five rounds and if they fought five rounds it means what that they weren't that good you can get Ben Askren in 0 0.5 seconds. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> right. But what I mean, though, is like you'd have you'd want to see them for more so that they could display their ability. Yeah. If we go back to the chess analogy, mm. players get that amount of time every competition. Yeah. Every t competition they go to, they'll get about six, five, six hours. Sure. All, all of the games, every move for us to analyze. Mm. And that takes two weeks. Sure. So compared to MMA, there's just we just can't really analyze fighters to that extent also we don't know what i mean from from me a casual's perspective i don't know what they're doing they're, they're shooting feints and I just, I just think it looks silly but there's always some game plan in there you yeah, know what i mean like sure. that i just haven't learned to know my biggest thing is this is with mma when you're judging a fighter period um and you want to watch them fight and you want them to display their skills unless they knock the person out really quickly or make them tap out really quickly they weren't that good on the night does that make sense at all? I don't know. Think about it logically though, right? If you're really good at something, 
and I put you in a, room, a ring with somebody that you were better than, mm. I'd expect you to beat them quickly, right? Sure, but you have to remember an MMA, usually, if, usually you're better than him at something and he's better than you at something right, else. Right, right. Which means you have to you have to force your game plan onto the fight and i think that takes a lot of that takes a lot of work you have you have to be composed and calm and smart with it as well like if you watch habib he wasn't just shooting straight away that's fight. why i have khabib at number two because he finished almost everybody yeah exactly do you know what i mean that's why i have him that's, at number two in the that's why i like him because he kept yeah, finishing he just finished everybody so what it was with khabib was it was just a case of hey okay I didn't get you in round one. I'm going to try and round two. And he just kept finishing people. Mm, yeah. John Jones, towards the end of it, wasn't finishing people. Because the, the margin of, I guess, of error and the skill gap began to shrink. Perhaps it began to shrink. Perhaps he just wasn't motivated. When you watch his biggest fights, like uh, Gustafsson and Gustafsson, he finished yeah. those guys. He, Gustafsson won or two? Two. Did he finish Gustafsson? He finished him. He TKO'd him in round three. Yeah, he did. Gustafsson's such a bomb, though, man. Yeah, but he wasn't supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. He but was supposed to be the guy. No, Gustafsson, yeah. But that's a, that's the media machine, though. It is, but I'm talking about John Jones' motivation for the fights. I think yeah, when yeah. he's fighting Thiago Santos, Dominic Reyes, he's, he doesn't care quite as much. Yeah, I agree with that. Because it could have gone... Who was... Was it Thiago? No. Reyes. It was... Both no. of them, actually. Both of them were close. It was... Yeah, but there was another one he could have been DQ'd. The bald guy. Anthony Smith. Yeah, yeah, that one. John Jones could have lost the title a few times to the DQ. The Reyes fight was really close, in my opinion. He realistically should have to Smith, but Smith decided to just be a good guy and go, no, I'm going to keep fighting. Right, right. I, can. I guess, yeah, I mean, let's not, let's not dwell and talk too much about, like, mainstream MMA. Do you worry about the pressures of the eyes on you when you move forward? Because, like, I, from what I saw in the highlights of your fight, you looked like you really knew what you were doing. So are you worried in the future about how you're going to be perceived by the media or friends, family? A little bit. Like, I don't want... Obviously, if you get choked out and everyone sees you're unconscious, yeah, yeah. Body, it, it's going to feel flying bad. flying knee to the face and round, yeah. yeah. Flying mm -hmm. knee and you're just stiff, which yeah, is yeah. worse. Uh, is that... What is what is the way in which you would, like, nightmare like, for you to be finished and is it to be choked out? Because from a source of pride, I would guess you being choked out would be really bad for you. Yeah, if I got tapped with my favorite submission, I think... <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. But then if you if you got knocked out in a punch, I guess the highlight reel was way worse, but maybe it's just like a, it's a, a one-punch you know, one knockout. Yeah, for sure. And also, like, if people see me, they'll go, oh, he's a grappler. So if I get knocked out, it's not as big a deal. Yeah. But if they see me getting choked out, then so everyone's going to so go... So you're already oh, making yeah. these fucking... Yeah. You already, exactly. You're already building the narrative to protect your ego, you piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you're, like, you're, like, you're, you're like, I'm a grappler. If I get knocked out, it's fine. You know, yeah, it wasn't, it it's not my thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get the edge if you knock somebody out. You're like, you got knocked yeah, out by a grappler, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know if there's much more I want to touch on today. Um, I feel like we've touched on most of it. There is one last thing I wanted to pick your brain about. And you've, I've referred to you as Blade in the past quite like comically. Blade being this character who, he's a vampire who's also human who like lives in both worlds because it's almost like with you, five days a week you're training MMA and then you come here and play cards on the weekend and chill and play mm -hmm. magic. What, like, the environments are so different, but I would suspect eerily similar in some ways in terms of the commun community element. But I could be completely wrong and I would like to be just... I'd like to have it explained to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, people are people in all situations. Like, mm. we just, we do the same things. And they're both competitive environments. They're both environments with people who, who want to compete, usually. Mm -hmm. And with people who have something in, in common. Like, here you can go up to anyone and talk about a card game because they're usually going to respond because sure. they play one. You can pretty much go up and talk about MMA to, so to anyone at the gym because they're at an MMA gym. So sure. that's what they're here to do. The environments are 
different in that I think in an M Majum you see a lot of people's character. You see like how hard they work, how much heart they have, what happens if they're under pressure. Mm. And while playing card games, I think you see more personality than character. Oh, that's interesting. I think so. You would say, sorry, repeat what you said because it's really profound. So you I said, th- I think in gaming you see more of people's personality, and in sports you see more of their character. Okay, could you create like a, a distinction between the mm. two in terms of because that's really profound that you, you're so young you would say something like that? I think character has more to do with virtue. I think it's more like, as I said, how hard you work, mm-hmm. your kind of your discipline, your drive, the th- the things you kind of force yourself to do because that's what MMA is most of us don't enjoy getting punched in the face of course <laughs> we don't enjoy waking up early to go to training last year I was waking up at 4.30 every day to Fucking go to training and then I would man. train also until 10 o'clock at night later in the day mm. and then just get up and do it again uh, but I think during card games you see more of per- people's personality you see like what, what kind of cards they like playing uh, people will talk about like the art of the cards people will talk about um, preferences like preferences yeah. and like right styles people play with Weird, so like weirdly I, I guess in that gym you'd also have like people talking about stylistically you know like oh I enjoy doing this because oh no you have a little bit of it because but I in the same way you see if people work hard and if they pay attention and mm, people work hard in the card game shop all the time though like, exactly. you know, like you see both but I think it's slightly tilted in how much you see between I would guess in the gym it's far more obvious when you see somebody working hard because they're sweating their fucking balls off yeah and they do you know what I mean versus somebody in the if somebody sat at a table like in the mind maze thinking about something that's like God, why is he taking so long? But he's, you know, he's exerting some mm. kind of... It's the difference is so obvious. And when, wh- when you see it in, the, in gaming, you go, wow, that's a really cool line he found. That mm. was very well played of him. And then yeah. you move on. When yeah. someone works really hard in fighting, it means they're going to have better cardio than you. They're yeah. going to get skillful faster. You're going to be reminded of it every single day. Sure. And people come up to you and go, hey, have you seen him? Mm. So it's just... Th- it seems like there's a bigger focus on different things. Sure. What skills do you think have like been transferable between the two? Patience, maybe? You seem patient. way chiller than you used to be. Because if you don't mind me saying, you were a kid, obviously, you were 12, and then I knew shortly after that, but there was a a bit of like a petulance about you where it was like a, a tilt. You were tilt. Is that fair? That's very fair. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. It's not, I'm not trying to shit on you, but you oh, were just... You were tilt, and tilt, for anybody who doesn't know, is like where you you allow the emotion of the occasion to, to overwhelm you. And everybody does it here by the way everybody gets tilted <laughs> in card shops is that something that happens often in in the gym tilt uh not really i mean if someone gets you with something like F- frustration something silly, you get frustrated that's so cool but you immediately get a chance to work it to get it back right and unlike card games where you have to rely on luck mm. you can just come straight back to it in training next day you're rolling it's the same situation same person just get them with would you consider the statement to be like accurate when it happened that you perhaps when you were 12 and you would get tilted and when anybody gets tilted in a card game scenario it's possibly because they don't understand the the reason why something happened but when you're tilted at the gym you're just frustrated at yourself yeah it's because you know why it happened you're yeah. like oh my god i let him get me with this it's just a lot clearer and when you get tilted you tend to blame things which means when luck is there, you're always going to lean on it when you mm. get tilted. I always just blame Jakai for everything that bad that happens in my life, to be honest. <laughs> just anything. He's a piece of shit. Because I am the reason. I am the reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think we'll... Aiden, I appreciate you so much for being here. Um, I think it's a good place to end it. Definitely. Uh, Thanks for thank having you. me on. No, bro. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, if anybody wants to follow Aiden, Aiden, what are you... Instagram? What you got? Uh, yeah, I have Instagram. It's it's a bit complicated. Aiden dot underscore dot R zero MMA. All right, cool. I'll post it in the fucking link, bro. Thank you very much. All right, no worries. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.